Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Keep the Receipts, the One Man Fast Break. I am your host, Altamash, and we're going to be covering the Carabao Cup final that just took place about a few hours ago between Chelsea and Liverpool. And what an exciting game it was. Let's get right into the details. First of all, the fact that the game ended 0-0 is a shame because this game really could have been 3-3, 4-4, or even what Jurgen Klopp said after the game, it could have been 5-5. Like, that's literally how many chances both teams created, and unfortunately, none of them could find the net. Major love to the goalkeepers, but also issues with the frontline players either being offside or just not converting chances that came their way. And let's kind of get into the 0-0, right? I feel like the big thing was... I feel like Chelsea created more chances than Liverpool in that game. Um, and probably should have won this game in regulation or at least in extra time. But that's kind of how sometimes it goes. Sometimes it's not your night. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it was not a night for the Liverpool strikers or uh, front players as well. Mane was pedestrian. Luis Diaz looked really strong on the left-hand side. He looked like a danger every time he got the ball. And then also... Salah was okay. He had that chance um, that he didn't convert the little chip over Mendy when Mendy made that bad pass out of a goal kick. It wasn't a goal kick, but the ball had come back to him and he played a pass and uh, Salah ran onto it and he chipped Mendy and then uh, Thiago Silva, I believe, cleared it off the line. So it, it, was a, it wasn't a great performance by the strikers, but man, the, the game overall had so many like ups and downs and there was waves of play where Liverpool looks really strong and then Chelsea look really strong and Liverpool look dangerous and then Chelsea look dangerous. It was a constant like up and down. Like it was like a heartbeat, right? Up and down. Like the, the waves of the game were up and down and my heartbeat was going along with the game, especially as the game got closer into ninety minutes, hundred and twenty minutes. I was like, man, it was some nail biting stuff in that game. First of all, I want to talk about the man of the match. I don't know who won man of the match. I'll look into it, but I if it's not Edward Mendy, then it should be nobody because Mendy was spectacular in this game. The best save of the night was Naby Keita had taken that shot from the outside the box. Mendy saved it. The ball came down to Sadio Mane, who was onside five yards out, maybe two yards away from Mendy. And 99 out of 100 times you expect Sadio Mane to hit the back of the net. Liverpool go up 1-0. I don't know how Mendy made the save on Keita, got up enough time reaction-wise to be able to deny Mane, got to get a hand on the ball, tip it over the bar. And man, that was incredible. I can't even believe that he did that in terms of how quickly you got to move from one dive to the next dive in a matter of maybe two seconds. But man, he's just one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And at the rate he's going, he might be the best goalkeeper in the world. To think that, you know, Seven, eight years ago, he was contemplating retirement because he was getting cut by this, a team in France, the second league in France. And it just shows, like, never give up, man. You, you keep going, and if you know you, you, you're you about it and you're willing to put in the work, things will work out for you. And uh, another thing that I want to talk about, like I, like I said, I want to talk about a couple of players that really look to, out to me. Again, I don't get to watch Liverpool all the time. Like, I watch a lot more Chelsea games. Um, but Luis Diaz looked really dangerous. And Virgil van Dijk, he's just, uh, I love Virgil van Dijk. He, he just seems so calm, so cool, so collected. 
he's kind of like Thiago Silva, obviously much younger, but he's got that kind of vibe where it doesn't seem like nothing's phasing him. Like even if he's out of position, you, you feel like he's still calm. He still makes plays and he's that solidifying rock that Liverpool's needed. And ever since they got Virgil van Dijk, they've been, you know, one of the top three clubs in the world since the arrival of Van Dyke and Allison, of course. Obviously, Allison did not play in this game, but Van Dyke is the rock at the back. And as a captain of the team, he's just one of the captains. Obviously, Jordan Henderson was the captain for this game, but Van Dyke is like a captain. He's a defensive anchor for this team. And, you know, defense won championship, and Van Dyke is just one of the best defenders in the world. So I had to give major love to him. And, of course, he's a household name now. But Luis Diaz looked really strong as well. And like I said, the game was really back and forth, nip and tuck. And both teams probably felt like they should have won this game in regulation and definitely in the first 120 minutes. And on the other side, I want to talk about Kai Havertz, the big game player for Chelsea. Ever since he's come to Chelsea, he scored in the Champions League final, Club World Cup final. The guy just figures he's a, the man for the big occasion. And um, he looked dangerous and... Chelsea paid $100 million for Lukaku, but I don't know if Lukaku's getting on the field because the way Havertz plays up front, I think his best position is kind of at that center forward role. I don't know if Lukaku's going to get opportunities the way Havertz playing. Havertz looks dangerous every time he gets the ball. Like, yes, he's a really tall dude, but he's got some speed. Like, he... I saw a run on the left-hand side where he just, like, you know, pushed the ball past and he can run. Like, he's... For a big guy, he's really nimble. He's got a lot of good agility and... He's dangerous, and one thing he can also do is like he can win balls in the air because he's pretty tall. Like Lukaku's tall, but he's also tall. Lukaku's more of a force of nature in terms of his build. Uh, Kai's obviously a lot more slender, but Kai's also more nimble on his feet, being able to make passes and things that Lukaku can't really do that well as Havertz. But also, I think when Lukaku's right, which he clearly is not, uh, he's probably a better out and out goal scorer than Havertz. But it, it, it's a it's right now it's Havertz's job and it should be until otherwise proven difficult or he's not able to produce and then let's kind of talk about all these chances that the game ended zero zero all the chances that were missed right Pulisic had a chance in the first five minutes off a cross from Aspilicueta low on the ground and he hit it right at the goalkeeper if he literally shoots either right or left of the goalkeeper it's going in the net because the goalkeeper was diving left and there was a lot of space for him to put the ball in the corner. He hit it right at the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper pretty much made a save that he wasn't even expecting to make. He was driving to his right and the ball landed like on his left foot. Made the save and, you know, good for them. And then, man, let's talk about Mason Mount. I don't know what happened to Mason Mount. He was Chelsea's best player last year. And he was Chelsea's player of the year last year. Uh, deservedly so. Was very crucial in the Chelsea winning the Champions League. He was the one who assisted Kai Havertz on that goal against Man City in the Champions League final. And he had two outstanding chances. Two chances that Mason Mount, I would expect him to score, especially the second one. The first one, let's talk about that. It was a cross, and he was like five yards from goal. All he had to do was hit the target. That one was no stopping, and he was so close to the goal to the goalkeeper that he just needed to get the ball on target. If he gets the ball on target, it's going in the net. Chelsea's up 1-0. The second one was right after halftime. So he had missed the first chance opportunity right before halftime. And then you come out of the locker room. You go back in. Like two, three minutes in, he gets another chance, which was a, a beautiful ball by Christian Pulisic with his left foot. Played Mount. Mount was onside. 
controlled the ball with his chest, took one touch, and then he hit the post. And the way his like confidence going, the way his day was going, it just felt like he wasn't going to score. And then Thomas Tuchel, rightfully so, took him off, brought in Lukaku, and Timo Werner came on as well. Um, but it just looked like Mason Mount was lacking confidence and you know lacking composure because he had so much more time than he even realized. Like he was so ahead of everybody when the pass once he controlled the ball that he could have probably taken one touch, maybe more, two more touches, got himself right, and then just put the ball away because it, it was a it was an easy goal. And you know when you're not going right, things happen. You hit the post, and sometimes when you're when luck is on your side, you hit the post and it goes in. Wasn't the case for Mason Mount, unfortunately. And then it kind of felt like maybe you know that was kind of Chelsea was. They had so many chances. Eventually, you got to put one away. Otherwise, this is what ends up happening. You go to penalties and you lose. But um, the one goal that was scored or thought to be scored was the Joel Matip header. And that one was wiped off the board because Van Dyke was in offside position, interfering with play with Reese James, who was playing Sadio Mane, who ended up actually crossing, uh, heading the ball back across goal for Joel Matip to knock it in. But Van Dyke was kind of holding Reese James, so I understood that that call. Um, if they if they let it go, I would have, I would have been like okay. But I thought that since he was offside and he was interfering with play, it wasn't a terrible call. And then last the last opportunity, the last really big opportunity in in extra time, was the Lukaku chance, which he actually put the ball in the net. And they said he was offside when I I don't know the camera angle that they showed on TV. Looked like he was on, and he was on by like half a meter, maybe. Like he was on. I don't know how they called that offsides, but maybe that's my bias talking. People are like, "Oh, it's not an angle right down the line." He was offside, but um, I don't know. I really thought that he was onside, and he he, he took the finish really well. But kind of how it's been going for Lukaku since with Chelsea. It's last like I don't know a month or so, two months maybe. He's just kind of been. More missed than hits, and um, he needs to get right because Chelsea still in the Champions League. They still have a chance in the in the uh, Premier League to like you know solidify their third spot because I don't think they're gonna win it. They don't. I think they're too far off the pace to do that. But we need Lukaku to get his act right, and hopefully he will. And maybe this will be a kind of a booster for him to get going because he looked solid when he came on. He wasn't terrible. He didn't have those. Three touches, seven touches that he had against uh, in the Premier League game. So it's a, it's gonna be a wait and see on Lukaku. But I'm hoping that this is you know a good perform, uh, a good, good showing for me enough for him to maybe kind of move into the right direction. And then let's talk about the main point of this game, right? Which is, do you sub off Kepa for Mendy, right? And Mendy was Chelsea's best player, and it wasn't in a debate. Kovacic had a strong case to be made, but I think Mendy, the saves that he made, kept Chelsea in the game. Uh, and Liverpool obviously were favorites because they're a better team in terms of their overall squad. But Mendy made some incredible saves. And this isn't the first time that Kepa has been subbed on for Edouard Mendy in a penalty, or at least uh, preceding a penalty shootout. He did the same thing in the, in the Super Cup. And then Kepa came up trumps. So uh, Tuchel looked like a genius because Kepa, I mean, Mendy was playing great in that game as well, from what I recall. And then Kepa came in, made the saves, Chelsea won, nobody questioned the decision. And of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. They're like, oh, why would you take off Mendy if 
Uh, why would you take Mendy off if he's playing so well, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And I get it. But me personally, as a Chelsea fan, I had no problem with the decision because, like the commentators, I expected Mendy to be taken off for Kepa because Kepa, I don't know how, but he's just a better... He's good at penalty shootouts. And don't get me wrong, Mendy was great too. He won the African Cup of Nations in a penalty shootout against Egypt. So Mendy can make saves as well. And I think Tuchel knows better who's a better saver because he watches the training all every single day. So... It's a, it's not a terrible decision. It's just hindsight is twenty twenty. It's kind of very similar to the penalty shooter, right? Do you put your penalty shooter as a fifth penalty shooter, knowing that maybe there's a chance that you don't get to him, right? And when your team loses, you're like, oh, well, he should have definitely taken the first two or three penalties. But when your team wins and he takes the fifth penalty and scores, it's like, oh, okay, nobody's even going to question why he was the fifth penalty taker. And it's kind of the same situation, right? Tuchel can't win in any situation unless... Chelsea actually end up winning if Chelsea won they're like oh what a tactical genius what a smart move bringing on Kepa he made a couple saves etc etc if that was the outcome but unfortunately that wasn't he let in 11 straight uh 11 straight penalties so every single outfield player including the goalkeeper scored on Kepa he had a chance to stop, uh, stop Ibrahima Kanate's penalty but that didn't happen um, he got a hand on it, and the ball still went in the net. And then the goalkeeper came up, Kelleher, and he put the ball. He hit the ball with power. And then Kepa was the last person to take a penalty. And unfortunately, he thought it, I don't know, he thought it was a goal kick maybe because he hit that a mile into the stands. And in a penalty shootout, like, I mean, I don't really feel terrible because I felt like Chelsea were up to the task. And I thought overall they probably were the better team. Um, people could probably debate that because at certain certain stretches of the game, Liverpool dominated in terms of their possession and the opportunities that they were creating. But overall, I thought Chelsea had the better chances. And if any team was like, hey, we should have won in the regulation or in extra time, Chelsea probably had a stronger case for that. But of course, in penalty shootouts, it's like, it's a lottery system, right? Like somebody's going to miss eventually. And it just happened to be Kepa and Kepa didn't make any saves. Which doesn't help his case, but some of the penalties that Liverpool took were outstanding. A lot of the penalties taken by both teams were unstoppable. Some of the ones that Liverpool took in the first like three or four were like side netting, right? You're you're not you're not getting to those. It doesn't matter how much you actually try. I know on the Virgil Van Dijk penalty, Kepa was already moving to his right hand side, and he knew Ver. I don't know why he knew, but Van Dijk was going to Van Dijk's left and Kepa's right. But Kepa even moved a couple steps before he shot it, and Van Dyke still made it because he put the ball in a spot that the goalkeeper still couldn't stop it in the side netting. And the penalties were great overall. They weren't. Uh, it, it was just. Uh, it's just kind of one of those days, kind of similar to the Villarreal Manchester United uh, Europa League final from last year, where David de Gea let in eleven penalties, and you know. You, you would hope, like, the law of averages says you're going to stop one or somebody's going to hit it over the bar. And unfortunately for us Chelsea fans, that was Kepa hitting the ball over. But uh, overall, I'm not too mad. I, I thought it was a great game. It was absolutely entertaining. First half, second half, even the extra time had some moments. And it, it was just a thoroughly great game that unfortunately ends 0-0. That's some, sometimes how soccer and football go. But... uh. I think that this is this is actually for me a very encouraging sign for how Chelsea's been playing. That the biggest thing with them, I think it's also still rearing its ugly head. Is like they'll create chances, and then they they don't put them away. 
and this is kind of what happens this season. But at least I, I don't know. I feel a lot better about this performance than like the last month or so, where they've kind of been more misses than hits. Even though they haven't really been losing many games, they just haven't been playing great in in creating chances. But they did this game, and I think this is kind of this could be a good jump start for them. The Champions League, obviously, they took care of business against Lille in the first leg. They're going to play a second leg in France. And we'll kind of see how those things go because that's in a couple of weeks. So Chelsea are still in there. They're still in the FA Cup. They're, uh, they're not really in the Premier League anymore. But um, they've still got a couple of competitions to look forward to. And I, I, I like where the team is headed. And I think, you know, avoiding many crazy injuries, I think Chelsea will be in a good spot. That'll kind of cover everything that I wanted to talk about for this game, which was a thoroughly entertaining game yeah, for anybody who likes to watch football aka soccer um but thank you guys so much for listening and uh, again i do apologize if my voice does not sound uh the best but uh i went to a wedding last night so my voice fully hasn't recovered so again i do apologize for that but on that note i'm out